Welcome to Little Things, your weekly friend meet cute with me, Coastly Cummings. It's cozy time. Hi everyone. Um, it's so good to be back. I <laughs> didn't record a podcast episode last week. You may have noticed, and I'm sorry about that. If you were waiting for that to drop and it never came, um, I mentioned in my email newsletter that I send out every week that my computer broke because my kids used it in their pillow fort as a bridge. So it died. And so I didn't have a computer for a few days and then bought one and then got it and realized I didn't have what I needed to connect to my microphone. And while that was happening, um, and this has been happening for the past month and a half, and you may hear it in the background, but our next door neighbors right now are a huge construction team and they have torn down the apartment building next to ours, um, a small apartment building, and then they are have been have been like rebuilding it from scratch so it is really loud um i don't really care during the day i don't really notice or think about it but when i have to sit down and record audio obviously you notice everything and i realize oh wow you can hear hammers and sometimes talking and drills and a saw and a nail gun and pipes metal pipes and trucks driving by and gravel and all sorts of things. So I'm so sorry if you can hear that. If I waited till it was done, then I wouldn't be able to make a podcast for two solid months. And even with not recording one for one week, I missed it. So we're going to do it. (laughs) I am on my bed with a giant blanket over my head. If someone walks in this room, they're going to be really weirded out about what's happening um, and I'm talking to myself, it looks like, or it probably just would look like from outside the blanket. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but this is what I have to do. One day when we have a car, I will probably be able to go, oh, I guess you'd still be able to hear it if I sat in the car. Anyway, it's hard. It's, <laughs> I don't know how people podcast from home. I mean, that's what I've always done. But um, sometimes a closet or a blanket does the trick. So hopefully you guys can hear me okay. And I can still make a fun podcast this week. So I have to admit, um, I'm feeling, I'm good now, but like just a little like heavy emotionally. I think this last week there was just like a lot of stuff happening in my personal life. And then, uh, sort of with, within a lot of smaller groups that I associate with online and within my like faith community that has left me feeling pretty drained. (laughs) and a bit frustrated and just kind of tired and a little bit like jaded and I don't like to be cynical or anything like that but it was just like some bummer things um and some of it has to do with like online bullying of people that are already um not necessarily safe people that I know and love and the other part is people who are in positions of you know, power or influence sort of, I, I hope just losing their cool or maybe even worse being associated with um, groups that openly incite violence and harass people privately and publicly and do awful things like try to 
put bounty on people's heads for people who just have the people that, that were born differently than them. Like, it's just insane. So I'm sorry if I'm feeling, if, if you can tell the energy is a little bit lower. Um, I'm trying to, like, respect that for myself and record, record this podcast the best I can with what is going on um, in my own life and in my own sphere. But today I'm going to talk about a few things I've been excited about lately. <laughs> they're just little, but they're making me so happy. Um, hibiscus tea is number one. I love cafe culture. I'm not a coffee drinker. I love good tea. So I love hibiscus tea. I've also discovered in Korea like a delicious iced lemon tea. I'm trying to figure out how they make it. I've seen in coolers at the cafe that they have often have like this kind of glass container and inside that will be preserved lemon like slices of lemon and I think they're just in sugar and then they just sit for a long time and it kind of creates this like rich sir- lemon syrup and then they add that to ice and water and maybe a little like sprig of rosemary or mint it is so good it I would say and then you can do regular water or sparkling water and it is like taking a lemonade for me I love lemonade like a more sour lemonade not too sweet it's like that it's just like that with a step up. Oh, it's so good. And just so happens there's a place that makes the very favorite one I've ever had that's right next to our house. So I get that really often. And I actually just go in now and I just say, oh, <laughs> I haven't said I'll have the regular, but I'm so close to doing that because I've gotten it that many times that they always say, they always know exactly what I want. And they're like, oh yeah, less ice. And I'm like, yes, less ice. <laughs> um, but it is delicious. I'll post a, I'll post a story of like, um, I'll snag a picture of what the lemon syrup looks like that they're keeping in coolers and I'll look online for a recipe. I haven't tried to make it on my own. I've just gotten at cafes, but it definitely seems, seems like something that would be very easy to replicate at home and a really refreshing drink for like spring, summer. That's like low sugar, healthy. You can have it. Kids can have it. Um, and I don't think there'd be a lot, very many dietary considerations, but you could also play around with it and add, um, other like syrups, you could add vanilla. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I would put in it. I just love it the way it is, but I would just do like more mint or maybe you could add cucumber to it or frozen raspberries or strawberries could be really good. Um, anyway, super good. The other thing that has been making me happy is I finally watched Bridgerton. I was a bit on the fence. Um, and I know it's not for everyone, so I give that caveat, and they're and you know not uh, what would they say like not approved for every audience or whatever. Um, <laughs> so to each their own. But I did watch it on Netflix. Um, it's a period. If you don't know about it, it's a period. Um, what would you call it? Like a period drama. Um, along the lines of like Pride and Prejudice, but like a modern. Pride and Prejudice, but a modern spin on it. Um, and it was just delightful. I ended up binge watching it while doing other things, which is like one of my favorite things. Um, just kind of have my phone propped up while I'm like cleaning or cooking or baking or folding laundry or because I, I just have a lot of energy. So I like to like do other things while I'm watching TV um, most of the time. So 
and it was just like a wonderful escape. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. I didn't realize it was going to be so funny. And there's a couple of characters um, that were just magnificent. And now I'm not remembering their names, but like the Dukes, the woman, the aunt, you know who I'm talking about with the I mean, there's so many periwigs, but she's oh, – why am I forgetting her name? Oh, she's so amazing. Oh. Um, anyway, the woman that ends up taking in the Duke, I don't want to give anything away, but she she has so many lines that were just, like, amazing. Oh, I loved her so much. And I really like the Duke, of course. He's so handsome. And, and the main – girl. I don't know her name. I never know celebrities' names. I'm so sorry. Actors and actresses, like, it's embarrassing. People are like, that is, I can't even think of one right now. And I'm always like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, Like Hugh Jackman. Oh, I, I actually do know who, who Hugh Jackman is because I <laughs> have a weird, like, celebrity interaction with him. But um, anyway, I loved it. I would totally recommend it with the caveat that just know that there is a lot of sex in it. It is graphic here or there. And if that makes you uncomfortable, I can't remember if there was like language, maybe like a very minimal amount, but it's just a lot more sexy than anything. So just be aware of that if you're into it. If you're not into it, you can always fast forward. But overall, I really liked it. And if my mom was listening to this, mom, I don't think you would really like it unless you watched it on like VidAngel or something. But I think for a lot of people, you would like it. Um, and oh my gosh, the costumes and the parties and the balls and just, I love all of it. I want all of it. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. I am so excited about this trend towards Japanese Scandinavian design. Have you guys heard of this? Have you seen this? It's not new necessarily, but um, I want to talk about it because I don't think I've been this excited about um, a type of architecture or interior design for a long time. So according to Google, Japanese Scandinavian design says is considered a combination of, well, they call it Japandi. So Japandi design is a combination of Scandinavian functionality and Japanese rustic minimalism to create a feeling of art, nature, and simplicity. The fusion creates the perfect blend of function and form focusing on clean lines, bright spaces, and light colors. So I've been kind of seeing this pop up here or there, and I don't think it's been as prevalent in America, but you see, you've seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of this on, like, have you, have you seen the Netflix show, like, Grand Design? Like, um, more like high-end homes um, where it's, like, it feels and looks very light and open and kind of zen, that, like, Japanese type of design but then you add in a lot of those like lighter woods or medium warmth woods um what else would be associated with scandinavian design now i'm like blanking on all the things like warm warm layered rugs um a lot of warmer neutrals or soft neutrals um a penchant for like bringing nature indoors or having a lot of windows so that it feels like there's a um, flow between inside and outside. Um, natural um, transitional spaces. So like, how do I describe this? Where you, there's a clear function of the in-between spaces between rooms or in an entryway or at a back door, that kind of thing. Um, oh, I just 
I love this design so much. It's like this very practical, to me it feels um, like a really practical version of the modern minimalist aesthetic, which I often like, but doesn't always feel friendly enough or fun enough or colorful enough or really realistic enough for me and like a family or for just a person who actually lives in their house and like uses their things and has other people over and um so I just oh I love this design so much so it was like a couple months ago on Cup of Joe I think it was a Friday link and she shared just linked in the Friday links to like a Japandi house. I don't even think she references it as Japandi in the links, but I clicked on it and ended up looking at this, like, I swear, it was like my dream house. I was like, oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. You know when you see something in, like, some element of design, a picture, a poster, um, a wallpaper? I mean, it could be, like, in fashion, too, like a shoe or a bag or something a blanket a quilt something like that where you just like wow like that's that's everything i love like i didn't know that there was a thing that could have so many things that i love rolled into one thing and i feel like this house was that um anyway it was absolutely beautiful and i'm sharing it with some other friends with some friends and some of them are building homes and they're like oh yeah that's this is actually the style we're like we're going for which is really fun to hear i was like oh this is fun this is not just me um that's really excited about this but sometimes i think about this because i'm like where are we gonna live after we live in korea you know i don't i don't know where we'll move back to if we'll keep trying to live abroad um if we want to stay in asia if we'll go back to america and if we do go back to america like where will we live and and what we're all, what we're all, what will our housing situation be like? Probably a house. We've only owned one home, but I'm guessing we'll want to move back and buy another home. Um, and I have some. <laughs> it was overwhelming for us owning our first home. I, I don't know that it's always all that it's cracked up to be. But anyway, the idea of maybe building a home like this was really intriguing, or renovating a home to be like this. Um, in my ideal world, I would have a, um, not a home that's off the grid, but a fully self-sufficient, um, home like the blue homes. Um, but something that was a little less modern looking from the outside and it was a lot warmer and it had, um, elements of Japanese and Scandinavian design, which is some of my very favorite. I grew up in a home can kind of give you a little bit of a history of why I live Scandinavian, um, design and really everything so much is because I grew up in a home that was filled with Scandinavian antiques. My parents, before I was born, um, lived in Norway for four to five years. And um, I have six brothers and sisters, and three of those siblings lived in Norway. And um, my oldest brothers went to school there, and my sister, oldest sister was bo born there. And um, one of my brothers was almost born there, but my family moved back to America, to Oregon, right before he was born. So he wasn't born there. But um, my father is a um, military doctor, and at this time, he was not in private practice. He was working for the military, and he ran a um, clinic for the government in Scandinavia. So he was able to you know, initiate that move and, and 
have my family live abroad, which really ended up being a, how would I say this? Just like a defining experience for my family. And I can say this even as one of the children who was not even born in Norway, but because my family lived in Norway and and through that experience um, reconnected with um, our roots because we are Norwegian and Danish and we have a lot of um, Irish as well and some, and some British, but there's a lot of Scandinavian um, personality characteristics and um, sort of like heart, work ethic. And a lot of the way I grew up really ties into my Scandinavian heritage um, because that's like who, you know, my father's side of the family, who they are, but also because um, because of my parents' decision to move abroad and live in Norway and then do whatever they could to buy things secondhand and then have it um, shipped back to America with them. So most of the furniture that we had growing up was from Norway from like goodwill type of secondhand places because my parents didn't have a lot of money, but they did. My mom loved to sh- loves and loved to shop secondhand and found some beautiful furniture and um, textiles and sheepskins and trunks. Um, and we have a baby bed and, um, cribs and like, I can't even tell you so many beautiful things. Um, Christmas decorations, um, dishes, um, mugs, dinner bells. Like I, I think when I think about it, I can't even remember all the things. Like it was just everything they had in Oslo, they brought back with them and they lived in an old, um, farmhouse. And also like kind of in the middle of nowhere, my dad would bike really far one way just to get to work every day. Um, but because my mom was so good at like finding beautiful things, um, on a budget, I grew up with, I had the gift of like growing up with things that looked really different than from the other homes that I visited and friends' houses and things like that. And sometimes that like kind of embarrassed me. I was like, oh, this is so weird. We have like this weird couch that has like dragon arms, like what? (laughs) Or like, you know, like people come over like, what, why are, what is all that like swirls on the side of that, you know, thing? And like, oh, that's rose mauling. Like my mom did that. She learned it from my great aunt Bessie in Norway. I don't know. It just felt like sometimes I lived on a different planet. Like I wasn't ashamed. Like I thought it was beautiful, but I think as an adult, I realized even more like, wow, that was like, I really grew up around some of these beautiful things because my parents made that a priority and um, had an eye for like high quality um, woodwork. My dad loves to woodwork. Anyway, all this is to say is that I feel very passionate about having things that remind me of my heritage and also just beautiful things. Um, I love to create things around me that make me feel uh, joy. It sounds cheesy, but like I beautiful things bring me a lot of joy, like flowers and um, being able to see outside, seeing trees outside or seeing um, sort of a neutral space. And then there's just like a pop of bright red. That's kind of little thing makes me so happy or like layered rugs that have competing patterns but then somehow work together like it just feels so often that interior design can be um very joyful and serendipitous and i love the process of finding things and putting them together or 
like you know some people call it like oh shopping your own house so you're just basically going around your own house and like moving things around that you already have to create a new feeling and a new setting in different rooms and that's the kind of house I grew up in my mom was always moving couches around and finding things at um, secondhand stores and bringing them home and repainting them or sanding them and moving the beds downstairs to the upstairs late in the night and just like and it gave her tons of energy like it was like um like really creative and energizing and invigorating to do that and so i've gotten that from her and i love doing that and it's been one of the funnest things about moving <laughs> i was honestly so excited to like sell our house and move um and even move to an apartment even though we had no idea like what it was going to look like anything because i was like oh i love the i love the process of figuring out what is going to fit and what I'll need to get or find or search for to work in a space. I think it's really fun. Um, it does burn me out sometimes and I have to like take a break, but just that process of making the things in your house reflect who you are or the mood that you want to set or the, um, I don't know, I think of a home as like you're basically setting up the creative play space for for me, it's for I have I'm raising four small humans, so it's like okay, I'm setting the stage for them to be to feel as safe and protected and warm and fed and loved, so that they also feel super creative and can be themselves and can basically like our home is like the proving ground, right? It's like the it's the great experiment, like. I want them, I want us to feel like safe enough that we can test those boundaries. But I feel like the actual physical space is like, I need them to be able to do that thoughtfully and um, deliberately in the home that we've created. And it doesn't always cost a lot of money or any money. Um, I can't tell you how much we've had in the past that has been given to us by like former tenants, like the, like the person in the apartment who's lived there before. Um, like literally our bed <laughs> in Brooklyn was from the girl who moved out. She was like, I don't need this mattress or bed frame anymore. Do you want it? She's like, it's kind of really old. It was my grandma's. And we were like, actually, yeah, we don't have a bed and we can't buy one. So yeah, we'll just put three mattress covers on it and hope for the best. <laughs> like, but it's fine like you just figured out and then I just find stuff on the street and um in Brooklyn that was like really common people just like put their stuff out on the street that they don't want anymore and you grab it and it's free and it's awesome and so I would take stuff and paint it or not paint it um clean it up and not take things that might have bed bugs because that was always my ultimate fear and then we'd have a new side table or we'd have a new um, toy for our son, or we'd have a new lamp, always new lamps, or we'd have, I never did like blankets or like anything that could have bed bugs, um, a new weird piece of framed art. I mean, I found the most amazing stuff. I can't even believe, honestly, what I found on the streets in Brooklyn. I, one time I'll have to do a podcast episode about like the stuff that I found and we've done it, you know, <laughs> I feel like we are the person benefiting, we're the people benefiting from people who, had to just like move quickly or and just like put stuff on the street and they because they couldn't like sell it on craigslist or on the other side it was like people who were like it's fine like it's not worth my time to try to sell it so they just put it on the street 
and we benefit from that. And then I feel like because of all the wonderful things I've found and then even been able to like give to other people because they're still in a really great condition, I feel like sometimes we've been able to put stuff on the street. Like in Berkeley, that's a little more common. We still live in Berkeley, California. And I would put stuff out on our corner that I was like, okay, I can spend this much time trying to sell it or I can just like pass on this good karma to someone else and they can find this, you know, perfectly functioning lamp that I no longer want and they can just take it home and it's like theirs. Like it's not worth it to me to spend all the time trying to sell it. I just want someone to have it, find it and have it because it's like such a fun experience to find something for free or almost free and have it be like what you need. Um, this is a very long tangential thing talking about Japanese Scandinavian design, but um, sometimes I, I feel like I underestimate how um, emotionally connected we can be to our spaces and, and to, and to value, it's important to value, like, these are the things I like, like, I really like my keys, or I really like all white bedding, and I like for it to be clean, or I really like a countertop that has all sorts of um, dishes on it, little pots and containers with different spices and stuff. Or for another person, it's like, I want everything off of the counter. I want it to be totally clear. Um, or the person who's like, only wood floor. I can only do wood floor. Or there's other people who are like, I would never do wood floor. Like, that would never work for me. Um, uh, or I know there's people who are really even if there's privacy issues, like the curtains are, they don't like curtains. They don't want their windows covered up. And so they'll do all sorts of other things to create privacy instead of covering the windows. They can let the light in. Um, I love to hear what people do to make their spaces work for them. And um, I'm always the most interested in people who are doing DIY um, and, and, and also working within more normal constraints. Sometimes we see online like people redoing rooms and doing all, and I think it's amazing. But like if you have sort of a vast budget, it's it's a little bit less, it's inspirational or aspirational, but it's a little less interesting because like if you can pay for it, if you can pay for the, the design um, consultation, if you can pay for someone to help install stuff, if you can pay for like really high-end stuff, then it's it's going to be beautiful. But I'm always like really inspired and really the most interested when I see someone take something that's really highbrow or obviously really high-end and say like, well, how can I do this within, within more constraints? It's like realistic for most people. That's like where it's really interesting. When you have those constraints, that creativity is really pushed. Um, anyway, it's really fun. So I'm, anyway, I'm really excited about Japanese Scandinavian design. I feel like in our house right now, I'm trying to incorporate some of these elements. Um, we have a lot of light but warm woods. Um, we just bought a cherry uh, table that's, it's by a Korean company. It looks more minimal, um, but it has really soft lines and soft edges. So that feels um, a little more feminine and soft, which I really, really love, but warm because of the wood. Um, I like uh, the different textures that are incorporated. Um, so like the soft knits, and then you'll have wool and then cotton and linen. Um, more like the natural materials, like a woven material, um, flax, that kind of thing. Um, I really, 
love in our current apartment that we have a ton of windows and um, they are all framed with this light wood, which would not be my like preference, but it's beautiful how it was done. I think the framing or the actual windows and thing are from Denmark. Um, and so they do look Scandinavian to me, but it makes the rooms feel super warm and we feel like it feels like we're in a tree house and then outside you can see some trees. And so that kind of inspired us to buy a green couch and we have like a little bit more natural colors within the house. Um, we have leather cushions on the benches for a dining room table and that feels natural, but then it's like kind of this um, light, like a deep tan light orange, which is not something that I would normally pick, but with the cherry table and alongside all the wood in the house, I think it just turned out really beautifully so anyway it's a very fun process and to decorate and set things up and I'm very grateful that I'm able to do that spend time doing that and able to have a little bit of flexibility with what we can get so we can make it as comfortable as possible for a family um, but I would love to hear like what interior design trends are like the most interesting to you right now which ones are you the most drawn to? And on the other side, I want to know which design trends were you always like, no, that's not for me. And then you've seen it kind of cycle out. I mean, everything's kind of a trend, right? But I'm so curious, like, if you were the person who was like, I could never get on board with su subway tile. Like, it's just not for me. I don't like it. And then it's going to kind of come in and out. Um, or granite countertops, or maybe it's stainless steel. Um, fridge or or like what is it or like modern maybe you're just like no not for me I've always been kind of like that farmhouse and then so you saw the modern and it was like this is not for me um I just love hearing how people take what they're seeing different places and in neighborhoods and stuff and then incorporate it how they want into their house Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Little Things. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can hear about all the new episodes. And if you want to follow along a little more, hop on Instagram and follow me at Coastally Cummings. And you can also subscribe to my newsletter at coastally.substack.com.